Welcome to Movies Your Life. This is Nathan Chandler. I'm so glad you joined us today. Uh, today's episode is a little unexpected. Originally, I wasn't planning to talk about today's movie, Elvis, but during the week, my mother-in-law kindly offered to watch our kids for us, and so we had to decide what movie to go to. I couldn't convince Whitney to go see Nope, but my in-laws had gone and seen Elvis and loved it. And I really trust their opinion about the movie. So we decided to check it out. And overall, a really good experience. Now, part of the reason I did want to talk about it is because Whitney loved it. I really liked it. It's a very faulted film. But Whitney was kind of upset that I didn't like it as much as she did. Just naturally, I thought, hey, we need to record this conversation. The new movie, Elvis, is directed by Boz Lerman. I'm super familiar with him because of Moulin Rouge and the remake of Romeo and Juliet. I never saw The Great Gatsby or some of his more recent movies like Australia, but I knew that this movie would be full of flash and it didn't disappoint. What makes this one a little bit different is that it also dives into the complex relationship with his manager, Colonel Tom Parker, who is played by Tom Hanks. Uh, this both added a new element to the musical biopic genre, um, but also, personally, I felt like it could have been handled a little differently. So I had already made up in my mind that Whitney and I should talk about this movie, but when we got back home, we, of course, uh, talked to uh, my mother-in-law, Jennifer Graham, uh, about the movie, and she starts going into this story about when she actually saw Elvis in Vegas. And it was a fascinating story. She'll tell it in a second. But that's why it hit me of why I enjoy doing this podcast. Now, not every movie is based on an actual real-life person like Elvis Presley. Certainly not someone who is as big as Elvis Presley. But as I listened to her story, even though I didn't grow up listening to Elvis. He, he died before I was born. Uh, my family was never a huge fan of his. I have just known about his contribution to music and pop culture landscape, just being a fan of those. But her telling the story, I, it just really was, I, it brought to life a little bit of why I think she enjoyed the movie so much because of how much it spoke to her generation. But um, after she told us the story, I, I had to include her and my father-in-law, Steve, about this. Recently, a lot of our Friday nights, not every Friday night, but especially this summer, we have gone together uh, as a family just to eat something casual. Sometimes we play games after we eat or sometimes we watch a movie or something like that. Uh, it was really fun to set up the microphone and get the face-to-face interaction. I mean, I'm always obviously talking to somebody uh, on this online software, but there's just something I think when you're in the actual room with somebody that really brings things to life. So before I jump into the conversation with my wife and my in-laws, Steve and Jennifer Graham, just know that we do talk about this movie as if you've seen it before. I think most people know about how Elvis's life turned out, but I just want to give you a forewarning that we might spoil some elements of the film. But I really don't think it'll take away from the discussion of this movie. And definitely, I think you'll appreciate the story of Stephen Jennifer going to see Elvis as much as I did. So I would say this is a, a unique opportunity where we, all four of us, uh, saw the same movie in the theater. Not at the same time, but a recent movie that's been released. 
uh, I have my thoughts about Elvis. I really enjoyed it because Whitney, because Whitney loved it. And because I didn't love it in her mind, that means I hated the movie, which is not the case. I liked the movie a lot, but, uh, it was, she's shaking her head. What's your thoughts? Go ahead. I was very upset because we had gone on a date night and I was just bebopping and singing along and just having a great time. And I could tell by his body language, he didn't like it as much as I did. And I excuse him for living. Well, <laughs> And we left and I said, I, I asked him if he liked it and he immediately went into what he didn't like about it. And I said, well, you just ruined it for me because I loved it. And I just was real upset. And I loved it because it had multiple things to talk about, which I'll get to, I'm sure. But I was just really upset that he didn't like it as much as I did. And I still stand by, I really liked it. And I really liked that I learned a lot about Elvis that I did not know from not growing up in that era. It like really helped to make it go from like point A to point Z for me. Yeah. Well, Steve and I went and we weren't, we didn't have thoughts about it. We thought could look like an Elvis impersonator, you know, and those are always gross, but we were just delighted by it. We love the actor. I think the Elvis impersonators out there will be really offended by your last <laughs> statement. <laughs> that guy was so good as Elvis. Well, though. that's one thing we all agreed on. Uh, he was so good. Pretty natural. He pretty needs, natural. He needs the Austin. He hadn't been in any movies. Yeah, his name is. <gasps> well, he had he, been in he, small. He's been in some. His name's Austin Butler, and my art. We love you, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, <liked him>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought he was amazing. My argument was I love Tom Hanks. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. But I thought he was, a, I mean, I understand if Colonel Tom Parker really was this overweight man who's a little seedy, but it was the first time I thought Tom Hanks was a major miscast in the movie. The they, fat, didn't, they didn't need him. They didn't need him, but I understand why they had him because I bet I'm getting into the brain of a studio executive and they thought Austin, uh, Austin Butler was green. Uh, and so they needed a big name to sell the movie. Yeah, but why did they erase Tom Hanks? They made him totally exactly. into, into a caricature of... Yeah. And he, he didn't work visibly, visually. No. Yeah. He reminded me of somebody in a Batman movie that was the evil character. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. y'all? He kind of stood in the shadows all the time. Right, and, right. Yeah. And, and I feel like... I'm not a, obviously I'm not a professional actor myself, but I feel like it got into a real actory thing of like, Oh, I'm in this like costume, the suit. So I have to have this thick accent and all that stuff. And I don't think he was horrible, but um, you know, what's we went and saw this movie Elvis because of Elvis. It wasn't necessarily because of the people in it. So I just thought that was, um, I don't know. I think, I I well, I didn't know Tom Hanks was in it, so that is not why I went. And I didn't I'll give you I that. I didn't really either. I didn't know he was in it. That's not why I went to the movie. But right when he said that, because I was so offended by his not liking it, like I did, I I think he had to be that big because we're talking about Elvis, who was larger than life. We're also talking about like Vegas, that was like slimy and gross. And when you think about slimy and gross, he played a really slimy, really gross guy. And that's probably what that guy was like. And I didn't like the fat suit. 
it reminded me of a Friends character. I mean, I love Friends, but the fat suit works on Friends. It didn't work in the movie. But I I disagree in the like, I think that that character had to be gross and over the top to match all the other over the top parts of the movie. It didn't have to be Tom Hanks. But that's could, could I be curious if he didn't have a story that he wanted to tell about Parker? Is that his name? Yes, Colonel, Colonel Parker. Parker yeah. I think he had a story he wanted to tell about him, and he, I don't think he told that story very well. Too much of it for the Elvis movie I went to see. Yeah. But if you're going to tell Colonel Parker, go ahead and let's tell it. Right. Because I think there's a story to tell there. Yes. He just didn't tell it well. For sure. And that's one thing I appreciate about I, I was starting to think about other biopics, especially musical or music icons, like pictures um, about these stories. And the more I thought about it, I did like this because this I think this is probably a familiar story to the music business. You know, the manager is not somebody that we usually see uh, behind the scenes. And I like that about this movie because I think it, it basically gave, you know, it's easy to see and not just uh, musicians, but anyone who's famous, who goes broke, it's easy to go like, how could they have so much money and squander all that? there's these kind of relationships that happen a lot. And I liked, I liked that story because it's easily easy to see at the end of this, that um, now you can't say that Elvis himself wasn't at fault for some of his behaviors, but you could definitely see um, how he ended up where he ended up. And for me and probably for Whitney, I'm not a huge Elvis fan. I enjoyed, uh, well, enjoyed might be the wrong, it, it, it kind of brought everything into light of the Elvis career and like, I mean, I've always kind of wondered, I knew he ended up on that Vegas run of shows, but I always kind of wondered like why, why that happened the way it did. And I thought this movie really put that in. I think he was focus. such a big character because, I mean, I think it was all his fault. But well, I was yeah. supposed to think it was all I, his fault. I, I just thought it wasn't, what I was telling Whitney afterwards, I think Tom Hanks was placed in a hard situation I didn't mind the character. I just wish they had found a character actor that actually was probably that age. That I think Steve Bannon would have been perfect. <laughs> That's who I kept imagining. Oh, yeah. I saw a picture of this manager once, and he looked just like Steve Bannon, yeah, and we, he's so evil. We, Recast it. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, we don't need to give that guy anymore. No, that's true. Uh, he doesn't need money. He needs. That's what I kept thinking. Yeah, that's- it just anytime Tom, anytime that character was on screen, it took me out of the story. And I told Whitney afterwards. I mean, when and Boz Lerman, he's a director. He's he did Moulin Rouge, and um, I didn't see The Great Gaps, Gatsby, but he's known for this flashy style, so I was expecting that. But I thought that the scenes that were that really worked was when he actually let the scenes play out. And I made reference to the concert in the uh, ballpark in Memphis. You know, that was a scene that actually sat there, played out. Um, and also uh, Elvis's first Vegas show. It was in those moments I really bought into the story. But once all the flash was going on and there was, you know, in 10 minutes, we got like 50 different scenes. It was impressive f- from a filmmaking standpoint. But that's when I just... It just, it became, oh, I told Whitney, the whole thing kind of became a little more comical to me when it's not a comical movie. And it really bothered me on a movie that hints so much on the relationship between Colonel Parker and Elvis. They do have the scene of them on the Ferris wheel, but I needed a scene or something where like, wait, why did Elvis sign with him? They never showed anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, no bonding or connecting. Yeah, yeah. And I also thought that the, 
uh, I thought that um, Priscilla, is that the wife's yes. name? Yes. Yeah, that uh, she, her character was very cardboard. Uh, I, I thought she could add, like her, her perspective could have added a lot more to the story than just, because Colonel Parker told us, oh, they fell in love. And we just had to buy into that. I just thought there was a lot more of a story to she, be told there. She was really young. 14. Well, they even made reference that she was a teenager. She was 14 when he met her. And so they 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 tried to gloss that over, I thought. 16. But that's what we remember is it was really a questionable thing. Now, we, neither one of us were into Elvis. That was. Let's, you tell your story about. Okay. That was about five or six years older than me before I started listening to anything. But then the Beatles came and nobody cared. Elvis was just a has-been. In my mind, he was singing in he was singing in Vegas at that point. I guess. Well, that's probably the way they painted it. Is probably more during when he was maybe at war, and then the movies. So yes, kinda, it, yeah. he did kind of drop out, and then he came back. But so I didn't have any kind of emotional connection with Elvis, but I loved that guy in the movie. I mean, he did him so well from the young mm-hmm. pictures that we saw of Elvis, and he was kind of more blonde and and. Uh, you know, instead of the dark, greasy hair, he was younger and blonde. And I, he helped me see Elvis's appeal. Me and too. I yeah. had missed that. Yeah. You know, I'd just seen Elvis as a and Elvis old ability, man. his talent. Yeah, he yeah. did have talent. So entertainer. That was kind of fun. Was that yeah. the was that the actor singing in the movie? Yes, do we know? that's what we wanted to know. Could you look that up for us? I'll and do let that. Us know? I'll, okay. I'll, 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 I'll mention it in the On intro. your next podcast. <laughs> okay, good. The magic of it, Because yeah. we wondered if it was his singing. So I know you guys are going to have better stories, but one thing I think that really helped the whole, like, theme of the movie for me was I thought he died with overdose or something like that, which he did, but I thought he was just like a gross, sleazy drug, drug addict. addict. Right. And so I really enjoyed watching the movie. It really wasn't until the last, like, five years. His life was really pretty together. And he was just trying to make it out of his parents' neighborhood, or at least the way the movie portrayed it. And it was that just trying to keep up with the with the schedule and with that his manager put him that on. the manager put him on. Right. But that doctor giving him sleep aid, which is mm. totally different to me than like right. I don't know what I thought it was like hardcore drugs. Well, it was downers and uppers. downers and uppers yeah. back and forth. I and is I that just, what you call them? <laughs> I don't know. But regardless, I just really liked that about it. The other thing I never understood in a theme was um, I thought people thought he was scandalous because of the way, just because of the way he danced, looked sexual. Mm-hmm. I had no idea it was about race. Oh, and yeah. so that was just really eye-opening to me that it was about because he looked African-American or like part of the black culture. Well, he danced and, like insane. Right. right. But I had no concept of that. And I thought that was beautifully done the way they wove that together. Yeah. Yeah. We talked, we talked about afterwards, just the fact uh, that so much uh, music is hinged off of uh, what African-Americans brought. I mean, basically the white man for the most part stole, right. <laughs> stole the soul of any type of music that was produced. But I like how this movie, you know, it's about Elvis, but I think it definitely sh- showcased that. I mean, he had talent, but he was obviously influenced by the style of music. Right. And it gave, um, it gave credit to, it gave credit to his style. And I really like that because this movie could have easily been made and glossed over that and not uh, brought not any attention to it. Yeah. 
And so obviously, and you can't think with uh, a city like Memphis and Martin Luther King and those sort of things, you can't think about, uh, can't help but think about the civil rights movement and those type of things. And I, I, I thought it handled all that pretty well. And I think for, you know, obviously we missed out on the Elvis of it all. We just know about all the jokes and all those kind of type of things. But even at the end of the credits where uh, you just hear the audio of it, but that President Carter actually addressed the nation when Elvis passed away. <laughs> and that almost like, to, the, to me, that almost hit harder than anything else in the movie of like, oh my gosh, a president actually took time, especially it'd be super easy now to like get on you know, right. the internet or wherever to make some kind of statement. But the fact that this statement was made when, I mean, it's hard to think about another celebrity now that would even get, you know, uh, that attention is the wrong word, but that kind of acknowledgement. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I also thought for this type of movie, um, I, I really enjoyed seeing it in the theater, especially the concert scenes. Yeah. I really thought those were pretty powerful and pretty um, just visceral. Um, and I enjoyed, uh, I wanted you to to tell the story because <laughs> we came back and uh, my mother-in-law was so nice to watch a girl set, uh, so that we could go see the movie. And I just want to hear the story. Like when you told me uh, that you guys have actually seen Elvis, <laughs> I just, one, I had never heard the story before, but also because of the movie and they did such a good job of building up Vegas in the theater he was in and you telling the story, it was so nice to have that visual. And so can you tell a little bit about this story of when you guys saw Elvis? Well, I, I grew up, I'm a little older than Jennifer. So four and a half years. <laughs> no, sir. Really? Three and a half. Oh, three and a half. Three years. and a half. I had, I had an appreciation for Elvis. I loved Elvis movies. I I knew part of the drama of the going to the services, to, you know, being drafted and having to enlist and so forth and all some of that dynamic. And so it was I have older sisters. So we're invited in our new married life in 1974 to go with some people that are couples. all six years older than than I and to Amarillo, Texas <laughs> and to watch it. There's four couples of us going together. And I'm kind of sitting there really detached, thinking, what in the world are we doing here? I'm thinking we're good sports. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they start playing, what is it, the 2001 Space Odyssey yes, that's music? that's the beginning. They, dun, dun, and, dun, dun. and the whole yeah. theater is rising and everybody yeah, in the whole place, up. and they're screaming and yelling. And I'm thinking... I don't even like Elvis, and I'm really excited. <laughs> but he, then, wait, yeah. I have a question before you keep going, so I can get a time frame. Nine. So is that I know, but I don't remember when he. I don't remember the time sequence. So is this in his like? He's starting to look yeah. fat and yucky, or yes. what's he yes, starting and, to be? And he had he, a white suit on. He, so this is the later Vegas with years. The big that we time. He and Priscilla are divorced you or separated. What year this concert? Seventy-four. Seventy-four. Okay, so he passed away in seventy-seven. Okay. In seventy-seven, and so, so he had his girlfriend because he didn't have Priscilla anymore. Sit in a straight back chair, on, <laughs> and we could see her. She was on the stage, off stage, in a white gown it but towards the audience in the corner the right this hand yeah, this like hand half right the up audience could see her and and he she had to sit there and just watching and he would his, then 
take one of his scarves off and drape it over her. At over the her, end but of the then song. he also would throw it out into the audience. Yeah. And so yeah. those sweaty scarves were. The same scarf, or who <laughs> no, would come, no? There's who would, lots of scarves. Who would come? Like he was wearing all of them, or uh-huh. somebody would come. Someone out and, give him a new one. Yeah. <laughs> After that, he, <laughs> I would love to be that scarf guy. Sing another. He, song. Had, <laughs> he had a white outfit on, you know. With he was just sweating. And I believe her down. name was Linda. The girl. But I'm just yeah. just from my memory. Okay. Linda, I'd give a last name, but I'm saying Thompson. Thompson, but I don't know if that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you know her name, but we. Anyway, we were still a little horrified by the end, but it still you get caught up, you got caught up yeah. in it. And did you guys stand up and scream? Yes. Oh we yeah. Did whatever we and, were and supposed to do. And then in seventy seven, I was in seminary, and when you heard heard about him dying in the oh, classroom, yeah, in seminary, yeah, yeah, just and now you're not going to believe it. The girlfriend's name was Linda Thompson, <gasps> and what did he say? She was an actress. Yes. Um, yes. Oh, and this picture of him, it just is Let atrocious. Me Let me see. Yeah, oh. This is great for audio podcasts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, yeah. You, you guys look it up. Type <laughs> in. Type like. is what I typed into Google. Elvis girlfriend Linda, and it just pops right up. Hey, this will be great for social media. I'll, I'll post the picture on the. <laughs> this is what he looks follow like. Follow us on Facebook. When and we Twitter. sign. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me see. Um, okay, yeah. y'all. So he, Puffy, now, fat. In a white rhinestone suit. Purple glasses. Purple mm. specks. Yeah. Now, yeah. and we went in a motor home to this. Oh. And rode back <laughs> from her, Amarillo to Hereford, Texas with these three other couples. And eight I was of us. seven or eight you months had some pregnant. rich friends. She mm-hmm. was seven months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And Pretty so sure we get in late, tickets. late, maybe two in the morning or three or two, two probably. And now you can cut this if it's not necessary, but... Probably will. Be. We slept in that next morning, a, a uh, Wednesday morning, and that's the morning my father died. Oh, right after seeing Elvis, he I got a call, and that's the first call that woke us up in the morning. So did that taint your Elvis trip? Well, nothing it, really had to taint it. Nothing. Yeah, we, <laughs> it was already kind of tainted. We had endured it. We had. So I really liked this actor that played him because he was so cute. We had been good sports. <laughs> yeah. And we had enjoyed it because it was America. It was popular culture. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was it was the world. It was and I mean the the fans absolutely loved. It. Yeah. So Nathan and I got to go and see Neil Diamond about ten years ago, right? Yeah. Or longer. Yeah. Twelve. So do you think this is the same scenario of you all going to that as us going to Neil Diamond? Because I, that audience I mean, they, they were, were in. in. And by the middle of it, we were like, we're in. I mean, we were swaying. We were having a great time. But all I could think about was how, well, first, he just sat on the stage. He never, he he had a stool, and the stage moved for him. Hmm. And he had to be smelly because of his suit. That's all I could think about. Oh, my okay, gosh. So you no, heard wait, me wait, say I that. get to tell this. Because no. two, two guys and I buy tickets for our wives to go to the Neil Diamond concert. Eighth like row. Oh. We're really tickled. We were pretty close to We're really tickled that we're there. <laughs> and Jennifer doesn't really like concerts, so it's not fair for her to be a critic of them. Because she's sitting there trying to give him a little benefit of the doubt. He's got some great songs. We all know them. And all of a sudden she goes, 
you know, that shirt he's wearing, he smells. <laughs> I, I can smell him from here. Polyester shirt. I agree. You didn't have to. Did you hurt? I, 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 I don't that. know, but yeah. it, the, that's all I could think about Elvis, too, up there in that white outfit, because they couldn't have washed that thing as often as it needed to be. Not I'm sure he had a lot the, of them. The, the other memory from the Neil Diamond concert, so we were with somebody who was a huge fan, and he had one of those moments, and my really... I mean, you know, Sweet Caroline. I mean, obviously, I knew that song, but my only other reference point was Will Ferrell making fun of him on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and so he's singing this slow song. I don't even know what the song, slow song is, but leading up to it, uh, he tells this whole story. And the song itself, he actually had a slideshow of like pictures of his childhood or yes. whatever. But as he's telling this story, he's, he's talking and he pauses and he like gets choked up and like wipes a tear from his eye and the girl next to us just goes, Oh my gosh, he is so his emotion. He is so touched right now. And Whitney and I were going like, you know how many times he has told this story? He and is like, not crying. He is not crying. Yeah, we are too much yeah. of a cynic. I mean, we, we were, were like, close, but we were like, not close enough to see a tear come yeah. out of his eye. <laughs> That's thinking. how we felt about Elvis. Okay. Yeah. So about the same time. We had a great time. So many Elvis yeah. impersonators, you know, and yeah. bears and, horrible ones so it was it yeah. was a weird time i mean i think for sure this uh, this movie elvis like i mean it um because <laughs> this isn't the best reference point but i mean we grew up on full house and uncle jesse he's like a huge elvis fan and so you know he <laughs> always referenced him but yeah but like i mean that was like our major reference points and you know just being a fan of pop culture and music i, I know the relevance of elvis um, you guys might want to talk about your Graceland experience. I haven't been there oh. yet, but I like this movie made me like totally, uh, uh, I keep forgetting his name because he is so new, but Austin, but Austin Butler, um, his performance is not a parody. And then also, um, I, I mean, I don't know how the Presley family would feel about this movie, but regardless, I think you appreciate, uh, how much he brought to music. I mean, you totally, I would never consider myself an Elvis fan, but the music and everything, I mean, you can't leave you the can movie without why. going like, oh my gosh, he was a, yeah. you know, he knew how to, what they kept calling it, a snow job. Yeah, tell a little bit about Graceland. So we all got to go to Graceland in like 2019, and I had taken a group of teenagers actually, and the funny part was, is I, even though I don't know Elvis as well as, you know, the next generation would, but taking teenagers in 2019, we had told them all week we were going to Graceland. We had told them all week we were going to Elvis's house and we're sitting there in the very first movie and this teenager leans over after the movie. And it's like a three minute thing about Elvis's like growing up. And he goes, who's Elvis? (laughs) (laughs) And we got so tickled because we were there and this, like just like this, the whole place is like so enamored by the whole thing. So that, I love the movie for that because I'd love to know if they just recreated it or did they go there and shoot some of the opening scenes? Like because that was the exact house that we had gone through. What in stood the, out is that house was so humble. I mean, so uh, humble. Well, but not Com- for the time that it I know, was but in. compared to today. And so, yeah. in other words, the money that he made, he either had to give some away or his parents didn't they live in the house with the house had so many more rooms back behind it that we yes, got to go but see it's still a humble uh well i didn't i guess i didn't think so because it was 
the 60s when he right. would have lived in there and we were looking at it in 2019 and there's still like gold rooms and like yeah well it was, was gross. It's like a jungle it room. It was yeah. gaudy, gaudy, gaudy. Like yeah. a whole room of jungle theme that, that weren't in the movie went on forever. A pool. They just um, had like the beginning entrance well, hall. And they had of. they had his airplane. We got to get on the yeah. Now, the airplane for years, home. we've taken two trips a year to Nashville, from Oklahoma City to Nashville. And I voted against us going to Graceland every year. Whitney yeah. got us in. And so now it's just 2019, <laughs> 2019, when Whitney's has us go. I still went reluctantly. <laughs> and then I really, I was wrong. I really liked it. It was fun. <laughs> it told the world that I knew the house looked like I imagined it to look. And it was furnished like houses were. And it didn't feel as sleazy as I expected. Right. You know, he died there. Well, kind of like he didn't seem as sleazy in the movie. Did he die in Memphis? He died there on the toilet because it, Hallie, Hallie was with us in it. And so that was. I thought so. Yeah. Well, they tell you that in the tour. Yes. But we, it was very fun. And all the teenagers, of course, you go into the Mecca of Elvis land after to buy things. And Mm -hmm. I mean, there are. Hallie has an Elvis shirt with a giant picture of him on there like she cares. And she's now 11. So in 2019, she was nine or eight, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even do math. But she wasn't like, I mean, she didn't know who Elvis was. But yeah. she has memories of it now. And yeah, she he, could, did, he did die in Graceland. He died but in the, Graceland. Yeah. You know, the wealth of entertainers. It's a, it's a crazy how any of them come out. Rise above. You know, yeah. survive it. Yeah. And then... So now we're back to Colonel Parker, but when he had bad leadership and bad management and no one supporting him, you kind of, I think his parents were along with him for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, he did kind of trick them. He would always come back and say, this is a, this is a Presley Enterprise decision and act like it was their decision. Right. Until it wasn't their decision. I mean, he was good at that. Yeah, I mean uh, he. I mean you have to say Elvis did get famous. Not yeah. everybody gets famous, so he did probably help in some way the manager. Yeah, um, but yeah, he was he was doing it for his own benefit. Yeah, by the time Elvis was in trouble. Yeah, well, wouldn't they all? I mean, why else are you a manager? I, I guess I just can't help but think if uh, it would have been a better movie if uh, Colonel Parker wasn't our narrator um, because. I thought he was a real. I thought it was his story. Well, but I thought he was very like. If you're gonna have a narrator, it was very unreliable. So they have the whole TV studio special whole scenario, Mm -hmm. and um, I mean, I thought that whole thing was interesting. Once again, setting in one place, we kind of sat with the scene. I thought that was all effective. And, you know, there's a lot of tension between him and Elvis and if he should do this, this, singing the Christmas song. And then through the narration, after all that scene's over, he's just like, you know, what was right. And now we're on to this next scene. I, I don't know. It was just, it just, that's where it just really lost me. And I could I wonder, have been just called Colonel Parker. <laughs> or I just thought Closest. the movie would have been more effective if Colonel Parker was not the narrator and we're just watching the flat out story of it. And I think that would have, um, I just couldn't ever really, um, I'm, maybe the point was to make you like, should I trust this guy or not trust this guy? But for a voiceover narrative thing, I don't really think that's the place for that. I think if it just is a straight story 
and we saw it, you know, you kind of decide for yourself whether or not I should trust Colonel Parker or not. Exactly. That makes sense. And you I'm know, glad I don't I, do movies I, because I just like to go to them. I know, and that's why we do so mad at me. But I'm yeah. still mad at him. Yeah. I didn't even want to talk about this. As the narrator, I, you couldn't decide if he was a protagonist. Right. And then at the end, you feel he's an antagonist, and you don't know why you didn't get it sooner. Yeah, and then you're like... I got it. I read the book. Oh. I knew that. There's a book. Well, surely there is. <laughs> surely I've read it. And I've read all the books. So. Yeah. But I knew that about yeah. him, that he was always... A, oh. So I, I'm putting you all on the spot. So I usually do like a five-star type of rating thing. So if from one star being the worst, five-star being the greatest movie of all time, oh. what star would you give this movie? My experience with it was a three or a four, probably a four. Yeah. You know, except the Colonel the Colonel Parker thing, it really was like swimming in, in jeans. I just never could get in rhythm with him. <laughs> That's perfect. That's all I needed to say. That would have perfectly sent up my feelings. Maybe you needed to navigate it better like you tell me to do. I came out. <laughs> I came out really delighted with the movie. Mm -hmm. So it's not the best movie of all time. Lars and the real girl is, but I gave, I gave it a four. I would have given it a four walking out. Well, it didn't have the passion of crimes of the heart, but I liked it. I'd give it a four. And then my experience with my date that night, I might've given that a three. (laughs) There was a lady that said, it's not like I'm sitting by you the whole time. Like, like, yeah, were. There's a lady though sitting next to Nathan, and I think it was her first movie ever. But she, what? she, her foot tapped. We were in reclining seats, and her foot tapped, and she sang. And the whole movie, she'd be like, "Oh, he was cheated. He was oh, mm, oh, the scoundrel." Like yeah, he, yeah, when, uh, <laughs> I when, loved it. When, Maybe that gave it a bumped it for the me. scene in Vegas where Elvis is on the floor in the hallway, and they're all trying to decide if she should go to the hospital. And Colonel Parker is like, "Give him that shot." She just goes, oh, he is such a snake. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she they needed him. another voice, yeah. didn't yeah. they? But at uh, the beginning where um, where first inter- quote-unquote introduced to Elvis, we all know who Elvis is. I thought they did a very good thing, almost like a Jaws type of thing, of like where you don't see the shark. Like, you know, they kept hiding his until you see him on stage. But that performance where the girls all start lift up at she was literally doing the same thing as them, like going, ah! and I was yeah. like, oh how God. old is, how old was she? Oh, uh, uh, Nancy's 48, 50. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I'd say, I, I couldn't tell if they, they seem like really big Elvis fans, but not old enough to like grow up with him when he, so yeah. 60 maybe? I yeah, don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, did you give your star rating? Yeah. You said, I, I four. said four, I was going to say 3.8, but I didn't feel like I was allowed to break it up. Like, <laughs> 3.8 since 8. I can do whatever yeah. I want. And so my whole, my whole issue was overall, I gave it a three, but the whole time I was like going four, maybe even a little past it sometimes, but then I'd go back down. And that was my overall problem with it. It was like, it wasn't consistent enough for me, but I, I mean, I will, I, I'll tell people to go see it. I thought it was. I definitely would tell people to see it. It definitely yeah. explained Elvis to me in a much better different than I ever knew. Wasn't it real long? 
Yes, and I could not go to the bathroom during it because <laughs> it was too fast. We were surprised yeah, it was well, longer I, than I couldn't we thought. Leave. And because you weren't bored, it wasn't yeah. slow. I wanted yeah. to know, but oh, it was a long movie. Yeah, uh, two hours and thirty nine minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought I was yeah. Gonna we explode. were we were starving. So you, maybe you should up your score because you didn't even know how long it was. Well, <laughs> I do. I do know. I can't remember exactly what scene it was. I did leave to go to the bathroom, and I came back, and I missed absolutely nothing. So <laughs> oh no, I went. To the bathroom and I made a bad choice of when I went oh, so I no. had to stand down in the bottom and watch what was about to happen because it was like right in the Christmas special scene and oh. I like missed the whole oh, crux no. of him switching oh no oh yeah yeah I was yeah. like oh so he wrote a new song <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but anyway Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on and making this a family it's affair. It's been a delight to be with you. <laughs> we'll see if other people like it. Yeah. If they think we're as entertaining as we think we oh, are. Oh, they're going to want to come to family dinner on Friday nights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they at are. Whitney's, at Whitney's house. At Whitney and Nathan's. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. It was fun. Well, there you go. You got a little glimpse into a family dynamic of mine. Next week, we will be talking about the movie I referenced to at the beginning of the podcast, but we're going to talk about the new Jordan Peele film, Nope. I hope you join us next week as we talk about this new sci-fi slash UFO movie. I've been trying to keep away from spoilers, so I'm going to go in as fresh as possible. So I hope you join us next week. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in your feed. And it'd also really be great if you took the time to rate it and to leave a review. It really helps other people to find the podcast and it would be great to grow our audience. All right. Thanks again for listening until next week.